Okay, so in this episode, I'm going to be doing a deep dive into Bakunin's God and the State. And this is basically going to be talking about creation myths versus science. So I'm going to start off by quoting Bakunin himself. And this is going to be quite a lengthy quote, even though it's really only five sentences, but there are five winding road kind of sentences. You know how people used to talk back in the day and how they used to write these long winding road sentences. So here we go. He said, all branches of modern science, of true and disinterested science, concur in proclaiming this grand truth, fundamental and decisive. The social world, properly speaking, the human world, in short, humanity, is nothing other than the last and supreme development, at least on our planet, and as far as we know, the highest manifestation of animality. But as every development necessarily implies a negation, that of its base or point of departure, humanity is, at the same time and essentially, the deliberate and gradual negation of the animal element in man, and it is precisely this negation, as rational as it is natural, and rational only, only because natural, at once historical and logical, as inevitable as the development and realization of all the natural laws in the world, that constitutes and creates the ideal, the world of intellectual and moral convictions, ideas. Yes, our first ancestors, our Adams and our Eves, were, if not gorillas, very near relatives of gorillas, omnivorous, intelligent, and ferocious beasts, endowed in a higher degree than the animals of other species with two precious faculties, the power to think and the desire to rebel. These faculties, combining their progressive action in history, represent the essential factor the negative power in the positive development of human animality, and create, consequently, all that constitutes humanity in man. The Bible, which is a very interesting and here and there very profound book, when considered as one of the oldest surviving manifestations of human wisdom and fancy, expresses this truth very naively in its myth of original sin. So that's that's the quote. I can't fault you if you don't understand all of it. It is, like I said, a winding road type of quote, but I think most of you get the gist of what he's talking about. I don't think you need to be a, a super genius to grasp it. Now, here's what I have to say about that. So, you know, according to this myth, we, the human race, formed from one enormous creature called God, but also called Adam and Eve, swallowed the forbidden fruit containing the knowledge of good and evil, and thus, somehow, in our own contempor contemporary day, we basically retroactively stole from the Lord the very riches of his kingdom, or something like that. You know, it's pretty difficult to actually decipher the meaning, you know. It's true that people have been looking at this creation myth forever now. Well, you know practically forever, and they still can't exactly make heads or tails of 
what everything means. They try, and they're reasonably successful with what they have have to work with. But at the same time, there's a great element of mystery because, frankly, not all of the loose ends can be tied up. You know, that's that's the way it goes. And uh, there is some nonsense involved. According to the basic logic of the myth itself, the property of the fruit, you know, the secret, tastiest, most precious property of the fruit, the faculty of thinking, existed since the beginning of man, since the beginning of the universe, and had already been set in motion and guided by God himself in order that they could even eat the forbidden fruit. And their alleged misdeed was necessary to make us the perfect instruments to create the world we live in, which we will supposedly one day rise up, up and away from, like Superman once we utterly destroy the place as prophesized. Or, again, something like that. You know, it's it's still open to interpretation. There's a lot of loose-fitting strands of meaning here and there, and some aspects are deliberately kept vague. And uh, I guess when it comes to these kind of things, the more mysterious, the better for some people. You know, the uh, the apocalyptic portions of the Bible, from what I understand, seem to be intentionally cryptic, gobbledygook, so open to interpretation as to render much of it meaningless, and certainly factually irrelevant to most modern people's lives and practical concerns. Only the most ardent believers find contemporary relevance, and that's increasingly because they are dupes and conspiracy theorists rather than truly devout and following the contradictory, or contradictory guidebook known as the Bible. You know, it's, uh, it's not just because people are devout. It's because they, they are basically part of a cult. <laughs> you know, there, there can be a difference. You know, there's a difference between finding group identity and, um, arriving at conclusions through your through your own readings of something, I would say. You know, there's a difference between actually creating your own theory of the universe versus um, borrowing bits and strands from these stray conspiracy theories and trying to tie them into the modern day, which is actually how religion works in the real world. A lot of people, they don't really even read the Bible per se, they're just uh, taking little bits and pieces of it and seeing if they can make sense of the world through them, you know. And I suppose that's kind of what you have to do to some degree uh, in order to make sense of it, at least in some of these people's, you know, understandings. But, you know, that's not, that's not quite the same thing as, you know, having a traditional lifestyle or, or uh, arriving at some sort of personal epiphany. There, there can be overlap, I'm sure of that, but at the same time they are potentially two vastly different things. So my question is, if God exists, why wouldn't God have just started us off in heaven right away, rendered us all sinless, and start off with us being happily ever after? 
why cut why not cut out the middleman you know why the whole self-sacrifice shtick or alternate alternatively why create us all in the first place you know what's the what's the point of this game i th i think these myths actually create more questions than answers i don't buy the myth of adam and eve as adequately representing human folly either for some reasons i already described in fact one of our main collective general flaws might be that we've failed to reconcile the human part of our nature with the more decidedly animal side thus in spite of all evolution man can never assimilate with himself properly the powers of the animal he must remain alone in a sense trying to separate himself from nature to rise above it to mask his own animal nature and in the bible that's represented by adam and eve covering up their naughty bits which they previously didn't recognize as naughty or something like that and i suppose you know in a in a less uh religious sense you might say it's represented by you going to the store and buying deodorant to mask your your foul odor <laughs> your foul odor or something like that you know not that that's so wrong and sinful i'm just saying you know um it's it's a it's a little bit interesting that we can't make peace with uh with ourselves without you know um seeking modern solutions to these problems <laughs> and and all that kind of stuff like that's uh that's one of the interesting things about existing in this world is that we're always trying to solve a problem right and in some unique ways having some unique problems that other animals don't seem to have yet at the same time our separation from nature also makes logical sense as we do inherently have this ability and drive to advance beyond or control and manipulate the natural world either wisely or, or in some foolhardy or dangerous way and we don't just do it out of 100% destructive will you know it's not all something we need to be pessimistic about but it's also to you know set ourselves apart and understand differences to categorize to make sense of what surrounds us and surrounds us and its relation to ourselves and of course we seek to understand each other in other words, logic and experience are also a puzzle. However confusing the basics of life are, they're essentially easier to comprehend on a base level than the average creation myth. So, for example, going back to the deodorant thing, well, that, that's obviously not totally a negative thing because, you know, you, you, you find body odor to be, you know, distasteful or or whatever sometimes it it stinks you know so there's there's a very practical logic in trying to mask your odor and that to me is a more practical problem than something like sin which is more of a or more of an abstract concept at least to me it is i know for some people they they think of that word and they they imagine something very real but for me, it's more of an idea than a physical reality.
So it is not the originality of the sin that matters, but what you do with it, I guess, you know? Long story short, I think the uh, mythic Christian god created people with the ability to choose, then punish them for it, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And uh, so that's basically the deep dive into this, uh, you know, this uh, work by Bakunin called God and the State. That's this is like the just a, a sort of glimpse into that book and into his philosophy, I suppose. But this isn't so much about Bakunin himself, but about the words and ideas that he was putting down. I'm on, I'm aware that he's a controversial figure, you know, and in addition to him being an anarchist and atheist, you know, he had some flawed views that definitely reflected uh, the flawed understanding that he had of the world. But at the same time, I do find value in actually looking at what he had to say because he was a major historical figure who led an interesting life. And frankly, I like some of these controversial figures with controversial views. And I obviously can agree with them sometimes. So that never hurts. But um, yeah, that's all I've got to say about this for now. I'll probably do some follow-up episodes on this topic. And uh, you have a holly jolly Christmas.